You're listening to the Natasha Andreo Intuitive Podcast, a show dedicated to help you thrive on this beautiful earth as a spiritual being living a human experience. I'm here to take you on a journey from your heart to your home and teach you how the heavens above highlight the synchronicities that lead to abundance and magic. Every week, we will explore the nature of how our minds really work and provide you with steps that teach you how to create energetically aligned spaces in your life leading to fulfillment. If you're new here, then there's no better time to check out my free You Are Intuitive guide on my website, natashaandreo.com, to help you tap into your innately born gifts. I am your host, Natasha. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome to my podcast, Natasha Andreo Intuitive, Magic in the Heart, Home and the Heavens. Today, I have a special guest speaker, someone who I truly admire and who's played a really influential role in my like spiritual journey. And her name is Anna Marie Ellison. She's from the United States. She is a soul level animal communicator, soul level intuitive coach, equine experiential coach and an animal Reiki master. Welcome, Anna Marie. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So the reason that I actually got you on here is because you personally have played such an important and pivotal role in my like spiritual role um, and evolution. And I don't know if I've ever told you this. I I think I might have, but you're the actual reason that I became an animal communicator. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Well, you did like after our rabbit Sooty passed away, um, you know, we went on the search and didn't even know this was a thing because I don't think people know about animal communication slash, you know, pet psychics. So we'll talk more about that later, but uh, about how I, you know, the role that you played within my role. But I would love to know, how did you become an animal communicator? Because I'm sure when you were a kid at career day at school, it wasn't on the list. (laughs) Definitely was not, did not even know it was a thing really for most of my life. Um, It actually started, uh, my husband trained racehorses. And so part of that process, as I was helping him, I would do like therapy on the horses and things like that. And I always wanted to like be able to communicate with them to ask him like, what do you need? How can I help you? And so at one point I decided I was going to take an animal communication course to try to help them, you know, recover from races and, and to be able to tell me like, okay, what, what do you need from me? Right. So, um, I started taking an animal communication course and, Unfortunately, Jim had gotten diagnosed with cancer in the beginning of that course. And so I never actually finished it. And so he passed a few months after that. And um, I just basically took a year off where I was just taking care of myself and grieving and trying to figure out what am I going to do now? Because I sold the business. I rehomed all the horses. And the only thing I was doing was energy healing with horses the whole time. So I was doing that and um, I had gone on a, a little trip uh, to just kind of, it was kind of a retreat to to find my soul again and and try to heal a little bit. And my the um, gal that hosted the t- retreat was an animal communicator. 
And so it sparked me back into she 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 wanted to mentor me and I really wasn't at the place where I was ready for it. But a few months after that, I was like, I think I'm ready. Like I want to I want to find out more. So then I just I did just a little research and trying to find who's the right teacher, like what draws me in and the soul level part of that course that I took was really what drew me in there and what meant the most to me about animal communication. And and because of everything I'd gone through, I was very aware of soul contracts and, and all of that, you know, and, and that really just kind of drew me into it even more. Because mm. I guess if you do Google like animal communication courses, there are a few out there or a fair few, I should say, it's very, it, it is um, becoming more and more popular. So what would you say differentiates soul level from normal animal communication? Yeah, definitely soul level. For me, the difference is that connection of like, there's purpose for our animals and they're choosing to be in our lives for a reason. Our animals aren't just, you know, lesser beings or companions that are going through life with us, right? They're they're really here for purpose with us and to help us grow and evolve, which is the amazing part of, you know, all of the things that they do with us, you know. A lot of animal communication is, you know, the 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 normal day-to-day stuff like, "Oh, what's your favorite color ball?" and, you know, "What's your favorite kind of thing to eat?" and all that stuff. Well, that's that's great validation for us as humans to know those things, but there's so much more possible than mm-hmm. just, you know, how can I make your life happy? Like they want to make our life happy too. And they want to help us. And the idea that there's deeper purpose there just really drew me in. Mm. I really resonate with that. And I'd love to share a little bit about like our experience together a couple years ago. This is, would be going back nearly three years ago now with you and I. I can't believe that's been that long. <laughs> no, just it's. I still remember our first session like it was yesterday. I remember every little detail and it has struck such a chord with me and my husband. Um, so for the listeners now, basically what happened was three years ago, our rabbit passed away. Her name was Sudi and Sudi was the reason that Nick and I met. So she like, well, you know, you can never say a pet was just a pet. A bunny is just a bunny. Like there's no such thing. Everyone is going to say they, they their pets are so important. They're part of your family. And, um, you know, I've come to learn and grow like sometimes animals are better than humans. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you, know, you have to be careful who you say that to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most okay. of my friends are used to me saying that. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> um, so after Sudi passed away, like I have always been spiritual and I understood, you know, the afterlife and that the soul lives on. And so I was trying to find ways to connect with her. Um, but my husband really struggled with the grief. Um, he wouldn't go to work because he wanted to look after the other bunnies because their behavior has, you know, changed. But we've since learned that it, the animals, you know, they understand the whole process. And so they're just responding to our energy, which is yeah. blows me away. And we started again going on YouTube and looking online and finding, you know, and again, it's so important that you do connect with the right person because you want the energy to speak to you. 
it's if it's a mismatch it's going to show up in the way you know the the information comes through I should say you know so after when we connected with you like I was absolutely blown away knowing that you know Sudi she I think it was only a seven days after she had passed so it was still very raw very yeah. very fresh and it was um you know lots of tears on the call we had the Kleenex you know it was very tough which I'm sure you're used to by now like how many tears <laughs> the clients have <laughs> yeah I don't know that you ever get used to it but you you learn to hold space for it right mm-hmm. you learn like what you need to do to just be present for the people yeah, that are coming to you with that yeah yeah and so during the call learning about the sole purpose of Sudi in our life was just like, again, we, we wanted to connect. We just wanted to know that she's okay. We wanted to let her know that we love her and we wanted to let her know, like, well, to ask her, please send us some signs like that. You're still around because we, we weren't ready to let you go. Mm -hmm. And something that was so pivotal in that reading with you was when you mentioned she still hasn't fully crossed over. Even she had physically passed away, but her spirit, her soul was still, you know, almost like half in this world, half in the other world, because we hadn't truly let her go. And I remember saying to you, I don't want to let her go. It's too painful. How could you let the most important thing in your life go? Yeah. And it was in that moment when you, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said there is more for her to do from the other side than there is on this earthly plane, in this three-dimensional reality. And that for me, it shifted, something shifted in me. And after the call, um, I had to rush off to work and Nick was in the studio that day and we have a bunny spy cam (laughs) that we're often (laughs) on in the day. And so after Nick went to work, it would have been maybe an hour after our call with you, Nick hopped on the spy cam to check up on Romeo and Rafi and Peanut, our other bunnies. And he was blown away. He was spooked out by what he saw in the camera. And it was a silhouette light of Sooty's shape in the exact same spot that she used to sit and loaf. I've got goosebumps. Yeah. Um, If you're watching this on YouTube, I will show a video um, because it's a pretty powerful image. It's very distinct, but the image was literally of Sudi. Now, Sudi had a, she was a very unique bunny where she would sit with her paws in front of her. And it's normally bunnies sit with their paws, like almost like underneath their chin, all tucked away. But she had this very, it was, it was very distinct and unique to her. I had never seen another bunny do such a thing. And so for her, for for the silhouette light image to be in her exact shape, it, I remember when Nick sent me the screenshot, he's like, hop on the camera. Um, I was too scared to hop on the camera. (laughs) I just trusted that his screenshots were enough for me. And ever since then, I have just known and trusted and believed that Suri was, is, is always there. This spirit never goes, it never leaves us, and it is working with us. Yes, absolutely. So powerful, so profound. And it was through you, like, thank you for allowing me and I guess holding that space and giving me permission to let her go. Because it's, 
you know, I did, I feel like, well, no, I don't want to. And it, I guess some of that would be part of it be like the, our human need yeah. to, hold on to love. Sure. Yeah. We're, we're so used to what love in the physical feels like, right? So that the adjustment period of what we have to go through when an animal or a human passes over, right? Getting used to love doesn't end. It, it continues in a different capacity so much deeper than we could ever imagine if we can allow ourselves to experience it in that way and be open that that's a possibility. But sometimes it's just in our conceptual mind, we can't even understand that how that's possible. Mm. It's, 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 I guess it takes people depending on their soul, um, like their spiritual evolution. It can take people a while to understand that, to come to that realization yeah, for sure. And I, I really believe like through my experience since then, it's that when people are ready, it will happen. Yeah. This is something that you cannot force. No, not at all. And and it's a kind of a, a wave, right? It's like waves after waves, like, oh, I, I'm getting a piece of that. Oh, no, that doesn't feel right. Oh, wait, maybe that makes sense, right? So mm. it comes in, it goes and like you just, you get new layers of it. Yeah, as you go through it. And unfortunately, the 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 more you have to experience grief or loss in that way, um, the more profound and deep your understanding could be, you know. So unfortunately, those of us that have gone through multiple, you know, losses like that, um, we're looking for something so desperately to help us make that understanding, right? Put help us put those pieces together and Unfortunately, we have to go through those losses in order sometimes to really, okay, what am I looking for here? Because even for me originally, before I even got into any of this kind of work, my dog had passed away almost 10 years ago now. And when he passed away, I had no belief in a higher power, no belief in, you know, God or religion or anything. I had lost all of that, even though I had been raised um, in a very religious household. And I had lost my best friend, had died. And so I had gone through this almost 20 year period of absolutely no higher power, no spirituality in my life. And when Mickey had passed, I wanted so desperately to figure out like, is there an afterlife? Is there something more? This can't be it. And he's actually, his sole lesson with me was helping me get back to having a higher power, having some kind of connection in my life again. So it was actually thanks to him long before I even learned about soul level animal communication, he was teaching me like, okay, even though I'm gone, I can guide you into where we're going with this. So, um, very, uh, for me through his loss, one of many losses for me was like the thing that I needed to be the trigger of, no, you need to look more at this. Mm. And I guess like you can say sometimes, you know, with depending on your relationship with the animal and the, well, not just the relationship, but the soul level that you would have with each of your animals, that sometimes their passing is that blessing. And it's like a bow and arrow. You're pushed back in order to, to move forward. Yeah. And that's yeah. The, the passing and the death experience of our pets is exactly that. Yeah, definitely so painful to say it is and and it's hard you know the people that come to me not everybody 
even understands like the the tip of the iceberg of any of that, right? So when I pre present that to people, and you've probably experienced this too, when you present that, they're like, eh, yeah, I don't want to know about any of that. <laughs> I just want to know my animal's okay and that, you know, they made it to the other side or whatever. Like they don't even want to go there, but the animals just take us there, right? They're just like, mm -hmm. okay, well, yeah, answer that, but they also want to give you more, mm -hmm. right? And so they're even, no matter how, where the person is in their journey when they show up, the animals are always being, okay, I'm going to meet them there and I'm going to push them a little bit further. Mm. I would, um, you touch on something important, like it's almost like you're saying the animal is the one that leads the session. Always. That I've learned <laughs> over time, I've learned to like, just let go of control of all of it. Right. I mean, it, <laughs> one of the things that I work on for myself is like control makes me feel safe, right? If I can control how everything is, I can feel safe with this. And, and part of that is everything that I've been through, right? The lack of complete control that I had on a lot of things. So when I can control something or my appearance of controlling something makes me feel safe. And so I would go into my sessions in the beginning, like very like rigorously, like this is the thing that I have to do. And I have to go through this, you know, formula to get to <laughs> the answers. And over time, the animals are just showing me like, no, just let us do the work. Even now, the work that I do with horses in my Healed by Horse program, like I will spend days ahead of time and before retreat, like planning and prepping and doing all the things. And then we get to the retreat and the horses change it. Like they're just telling me all day, nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this. Nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to just put that away because we're not doing <laughs> You know, so they have also continued to help me just, just let go of it. Like, just let us show you. Mm -hmm. If you just listen, we're going to show you exactly what this person needs. We're going to tell you, we're going to guide you through it. And it, it makes my job so much easier because I just have to listen. I just have to be open to listening and to intuit what they're saying to me mm -hmm. and then share that. And then the magic happens from there. I don't have to do any hard work. It's just, it's them doing it all. Yeah. It's really trusting. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I would really love to know when you first started connecting with animals, how did you, did you think you were making it up? Did you think, gosh, like, you know, how is this happening? I'd love to touch on that. Oh yeah. I definitely, because I had such low confidence in myself and no trust in myself at all that, um, it was a real struggle for me in the first couple of classes that I took because I was like, I'm not getting anything. I had spent basically my entire thirties in a very, um, very, very, uh, what's the word destructive, um, cycle of bulimia. And so I was very disconnected from my body. And so for over, I had disordered eating my whole life, but it escalated in my thirties to where I just, I didn't know what it felt like to be in my body anymore. I just used food to numb out from everything. So when I started taking the classes of learning how to actually receive information in my body, I wasn't getting anything. I mean, even when I took my first, you know, Reiki classes before I started animal communication, I really struggled because 
I couldn't feel anything. And I, you know, like, I, I don't know what that's supposed to feel like. And I couldn't trust anything. So I just faked it. <laughs> I essentially faked it like, oh yeah, I, I, I'm feeling that, you know, it was like, okay. And then, you know, eventually like a thing would pop in and I'd be like, whoa, I actually, that wait, did that, I, did I just get that? Like, what was that? So, um, it's, it was really a process of like allowing my imagination to go and just use, let that guide me for a while. And I don't, at this point, even, I don't even know if it was my imagination or my intuition, right? Like who cares at this point, but you have to allow yourself to just be open to whatever comes in, comes in and sharing that even if it sounds silly or ridiculous, or you feel like you're making things up, right? Because you have to get to a place where you start to build trust with yourself and you start to learn how to use that portion of your, your brain and that, you know, that intuitiveness that you're born with that you haven't used for so long, you've got to learn how to do that again. Mm -hmm. And so by just kind of putting it all out there, which wasn't easy for me to do. It took me a long time to get to that place. But if you just kind of let that go and all that, the self-doubt and the self-judgment and all of that kind of fall to the wayside is when, you know, you get in that, that magical place of um, finally being able to, to notice what's happening for you and in your body and what you're receiving. Mm. So I guess it's really important to be grounded yeah, but I'm learning in addition to being grounded, grounded, more importantly for me, at least is to make sure my, my vibration is raised because I can be grounded all day long, but if I can't raise my vibration and stay in that connective place to my higher self, then I'm not, I'm not doing the work that I could be doing. Mm. The more I learn how to do that for myself, the better my readings are the more I trust myself, the more I believe it's coming from my higher self or my guides, or if I'm connecting to the other person from their higher self, right? So just as important grounding for me is raising my vibration. Mm -hmm. So I have to find that like, yes, I'm going to ground, but I can only, you know, you can only go as high as you are grounded, right? So uh, the better you ground, the higher you can go. But, but I think both are super, are for mm -hmm. me becoming more and more important. Yeah. So I guess you could say that there's a difference when you do connect with an animal, when you haven't raised your vibration versus when you do. Oh yeah. For me, definitely. I, I noticed like, you know, my sweet spot on a scale of zero to 10, I need to between be like four to a six on like my energy level, my focus, all of that. When I started, like I was at like a one or a two. So I really had to get that up. And now my sweet spot is like a seven to an eight. Wow. Right. Where like I need myself to really be up there in order for me to feel like this is like this is really happening. This is an amazing reading. Right. And to really feel that connection to the animal or the person that I'm reading with. Um, so yeah, there's there everybody's got their own spot though, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody knows what feels good to them, but for me, the higher my vibration is, the more connected I am to the whole, the oneness, the all. Mm. And then it's easier for me to, you know, feel connected to that animal. Of course. And I guess for people listening, they would know, you know, grounding, it's very common now to hear that word thrown around, you know, um, connecting with the earth, you know, hug a tree, do, do what you have to do. Even just, mm -hmm. you know, sitting down and just running your hands through your pet's fur. That in itself is grounding because they mm -hmm. they're so connected with the earth. Yeah. 
Yeah. So on the other end of that, what would you say some uh, like strategies that you use to help raise your vibration? Um, some things that I do is I will go and just stand with my horses, just being, not only does that ground me, but they're always like one of my horses, Al, he's always trying to do things that are, make me laugh and he's being silly. And so just being playful with them, I go out there and I sing with them. I dance out there in the barn, you know, I do stuff like that, that just makes me feel happy, you know? Or I go, I go lay in the field with my mare. She'll just go out and have a nap and I'll lay down with her and just, you know, and just feeling that is like, makes my heart so happy. Like that's what raises your vibration, right? It's that kind of stuff where you just, what brings you so much joy that you can't contain it anymore, Mm. you know? So singing, dancing, uh, anything that makes me laugh, right? Just stuff that is like, just puts a smile on my face and, that's the stuff and gratitude, right? I go out, I stand on my deck every day and I just look out over the amazing, you know, property that I I've managed to somehow (laughs) manifest for myself. And I just look at the horses and all of the, you know, I've got chickens now and the dog and the cats and everything, you know, and it's like, I just have so much gratitude for everything that I have here and everything that I've built with my business and how I've been able to restart, you know, my whole life over, you know, and just having gratitude for all that and even having gratitude for the loss, right? So finding a space and, you know, a way to be um, not only compassionate with myself, but having gratitude for Jim leaving so that I would have space to do this work, Mm. right? Which is not, it was not an easy place to get to by any means. But if you can find just the tiniest little piece of that to be grateful for raises your vibration. Mm. You know, all you have to do is go from a, uh, you know, a one to a two and that's you're, you're raising your vibration. Even if it's going from depression to anger, you're raising your vibration, you know? So anything that the more gratitude you can have for even the tiniest little things is going to help, help bump that up for sure. Yeah. And it really does speak about all the, the the soul work that you've been able to do on yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's never ending, is it? <laughs> you could really write a book. Like, I would read that. It's, there's so you much know, well, you can learn from. I am, I, I, for several years, I've been saying I'm going to write my Healed by a Horse book because that is, that has been my journey. But last, um, earlier this year, I lost my last five years of my writing like I, my, something happened with transferring the files. And so my journaling that I did for the last five years since Jim passed, like Demont, like completely gone has not been able to be recovered. And that was the basis of my book. And so I've really struggled now (laughs) to figure out, okay, how do I make this happen? When that was five years of my processing, my grief, my stories of the signs and synchronicities of how Jim came through, how the animals have helped me, you know, all of this stuff that I've been through over the last five years in my journey that has got me to here was my book. And with all of that gone now, like I'm basically starting from scratch, it's coming eventually. <laughs> I have to have faith that it's coming, but um, it kind of destroyed me for a little while. And, and so I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I make that happen mm. um, so that I can get there again? Gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Mm, thank you. Gosh. It, yeah. But you know, I, I also believe that that's not an accident. 
you know, so there's a reason why I wasn't supposed to use that to write the book. So there's some other avenue I'm supposed to go through to get there. Mm -hmm. I just haven't quite figured it out yet. And I guess when you, like when we're thinking about manifesting and, you know, all those, you know, techniques, it's about thinking about the end result. And so when you do see your book on a shelf, you're going to understand why that has happened. Yeah. And I'm actually in the process of writing a, a, a grief journal with another uh, animal communicator. So we are in the process of writing that. We're hoping to have it done by the end of the year, but it's a journal for people who have lost their animals and how to go through that process because nobody teaches us how to grieve our animals. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough to grieve humans. Like we don't even know how to do that. And then to take that to animals, nobody knows how to do that. Nobody knows how to process that or how to allow ourselves the grace to go through that in whatever way that looks like for us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the animals have been helping both me and my partner to, to kind of process through that. And so, you know, that's the beginning steps really of this book. I think once we get the, (laughs) get this finished product to see that, um, I think it'll be good motivation to keep going and, and write the next one. So course that's amazing well I can't wait for that to come out I'll definitely be purchasing that because like like I said like understanding that your animals still continue to work with you after they have passed on has been so pivotal in my journey um with you as well because like I'll share a quick little story um Nick and I was supposed to get married last year in September and before the second round of lockdowns, which were much harsher and stricter in Australia, um, you know, we were ambitious and we went to book our wedding date. And when we sat down with the reception, we we liked the idea of September because it was spring, you know, the weather starts to get nicer. And we wanted a day wedding because I have no energy at night. <laughs> Wake me up at 4 a.m. and I'm a buzzing, you know, energizer. <laughs> By 8, 9 p.m., I'm wiped out. And we just thought it'd, it'd be something different, be something nice. And so we started looking at the Sundays and the reception only had September the 19th available. And so we're like, great. And I had forgotten that, you know, what that date meant to me. And it wasn't until sitting in the, rece- in the you know, in that meeting, I went to put her the date, our wedding in our calendar. And I realized that was Sooty's birthday. And it just meant even more to us now knowing, oh my gosh, we're going to get married on Sudi's birthday. And so a couple months went by and lockdown happened. And I know it was different in America and I didn't realize this, but we had in Sydney or New South Wales, the strictest lockdown restrictions. You could have no visitors, you know, in your homes. You could only leave your house, you know, for essential reasons and, it was, it was the worst winter, I could say. And lockdown started in July. It went into August. And I was still so hopeful that, you know, I guess naive, <laughs> that the wedding was still going to happen. Like by some miracle, everything was going to open up and, you know, go back to normal. But what did happen was at the start of September, our premier announced, which is like the equivalent to our your mayor, basically mm-hmm. announced that, um, you know, weddings could happen with five guests. <laughs> and that felt like a big slap in the face. But yeah. then I was, you know, trying to be optimistic. We're going, well, that 
means we can still get married because before September you could weddings were off they were you know you could not get married and so Nick and I had li literally planned with our minister to have the ceremony and you know just to have it on paper that we were married just because that date meant so much to us but little did I realize that I was only really thinking of myself and thinking you know I just, I guess it's like because it was Sudi's birthday, I was so fixated on that date. Sure. And then it was causing so much stress around us, knowing that siblings couldn't be there, aunties couldn't be there, the grandparents, and we could only have our parents there and yeah. the best man and the maid of honor. And it was causing so much stress around us. And so, it, you know, we were still going ahead on the Sunday. And then Nick said, suggested that we connect with Sudi. And so we booked in a session with you. It was literally mm -hmm. Friday midnight our time. I remember that. <laughs> and this, you guys were like in your pajamas in bed. Yep. <laughs> and I remember I had, I tried to stay awake, but I went to sleep and I was trying to channel Sudi's energy. I'm like, Sudi, I'm going to need your help with this. Because like I said, I was so fixated on that date that nothing in my head was going to stop me. And I was still convinced that Sudi was going to say, yes, go ahead. And then you connected with her. You let us know, you know, how she was doing, where she's at. And then it came time to asking the big million dollar question, should we go ahead? And again, I can hear your voice, your tone exactly in the way that you said it and your answer was her sole purpose was not for you to get married on her day I'm gonna cry her sole purpose was that you and Nick meet and that was like I didn't need a yes or no answer that in itself was my big oh and yeah. I could breathe after that I let go of this need and this expectation and this like, I'm such a perfectionist that things have to be, you know, similar to like you said about structure. It was like, yeah. let go, breathe. It's okay. And yeah. that literally shifted and changed everything for me. And looking back now, you know, we got to get, we had, we got married this year on the 1st of May and there was no, you know, fixation on the date. There was no, you know, because it's not about the date. <laughs> you know, yeah. in years time. It's just, it's just the date. It's the moments that count. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I really want to thank you for being that bridge. Oh, you're so welcome. It's my it, pleasure. It would be so many moments you would have with your own clients, where you know something shifts in them. And I guess, you know, you have to humble yourself in a way, but at the same time, you are thanking the animals because they are the ones who have led you to that space. And right. And it's funny because, you know, I go to, I always go to, well, thank your animal and people always remind me, but no, thank you too. Like you're, you're part of this process too, you know? And, and I forget that sometimes like, no, I'm just the conduit, you know? And, and I don't really um, take, you know, the accountability for that most of the time, you know, and people remind me, no, actually you're part of this too. You know, it's important. You were the person that we came to specifically, 
you know, and it is very humbling, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's why I do this work, because it brings me so much joy to be able to help people in that way, and see the transformations that can happen, because of me connecting with their animal, or me connecting them with my horses, or whatever it is. It's through them, through the animals that all of the magic happens, you know, so it's really an amazing career to have, right? (laughs) It is. It really genuinely is. And I guess the more awareness that is put out there, the more, you know, the, the, I guess the collective consciousness is able to, to rise and, and heal and grow in so many ways. Yeah, definitely. You know, the animals are working for us. Like we think we're helping them. We think we're giving them the treatment they need and, you know, helping them, but it's the other way around. <laughs> it is. And I learned that, you know, when I, right after Jim passed away and I, all I was doing was just going to do Reiki with the horses. And I was like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do Reiki with this horse. And I would come out and be like, I feel so much better after that. And you know, I think I was feeling better than they were after the sessions, you know, and then they started to teach me, no, don't do it like this, do it like this. You know, we don't like it like this. And, you know, you can stand over there and do it, you know, so they have just been like the guides for all of it and, and showing me like what's possible in all of this that I didn't even realize was possible until they opened that up for me. You know? yeah. So really I have them to thank for all of it. Mm. And I guess for for anyone who's ever had an encounter or an experience with a horse, you'll realize how majestic they are. They are the most incredible creatures, like, you know, other than bunnies. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me about healed by a horse. So, um, the my horses that I work with, it's an equine experiential coaching program. So basically, it's a combination of animal communication into soul level intuitive coaching and, um, energy healing and equine experiential coaching. So uh, what I do is I work with the horses with, sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's a group of people, but you come and like, whether you need healing from grief or trauma, or you're processing relationship patterns, like, why do I keep repeating the same thing? Why am I stuck in this job that I don't like, you know, whatever you're trying to challenge, you're trying to work through, horses are going to reflect the energy back to you and help you work through that, right? By showing you, okay, what's going on with you that you're stuck in this? Or, or how can I help you move this grief, the energy of this grief? And there are just such profound um, shifts for people in a very short period of time. Because when you work with horses, just standing in their energy field, the electromagnetic field of their heart is five times greater than ours. So the power of that, just standing next to them, you don't have to do anything except show up and just be there, right? Just be there and be receiving and magic happens, right? So just being with them. But if you allow that, like the work that we do with them, you know, we'll do meditation. We do a lot of body, it's very body centered. So really learning how to be in your body and be fully present the way that horses are fully present. You know, they are in their body and using that as information a hundred percent of the time. They always show up as authentically who they are. They're never pretending to be something they're not. So they're perfect therapists and and co-facilitators in this because they're always going to be completely a hundred percent honest with you. And they're always going to give you that immediate feedback of through their behavior of what's, what's happening so that you know how, what's going on with you. 
And I mean, people go through therapy for five, six, seven years and can't get the progress that they get in one, one day or one weekend with the horses, you know? So the way that the horses just bring that out and, and help you heal and move that energy in a way that is so profound and so huge that you don't even think is possible. Then you leave here and you're like, I don't even know what just happened, but like this anxiety that I've had for my entire life, it's gone. Like I, and like months later, it hasn't come back. I've had clients who have discovered their cancer because of working with my horses. Oh yeah. So like amazing, crazy stuff that you don't even think is possible is possible with these guys. And, and they like every day I just talk about being humbled in the, what the animals are teaching us for them to be able to see stuff in us that we can't even see in ourselves and point that out and help us, help us look at that, help us heal stuff. We didn't even know was there. I literally would not be alive today. If my horse Hercules hadn't come back to me, I a hundred percent believe Jim sent him back to me because he was one of our race horses and he was like our heart horse for both of us. Right. And so for him to have come back to me, um, he saved my life literally because I would, the only thing, reason I got out of bed was to go to the barn and I would just go to the barn and I would sit in his stall and I would just cry for hours. Oh. And this was just, you know, like six months after Jim had passed, but it was the only thing I knew like I would do. And, but he got me out of bed every single day and he would just hold space for me and let me cry. And then when I was done, you know, crying he was like all right let's do something else and then he'd do something crazy to make me laugh you know or he'd push me and then make me fall over and I you know okay I'm done with that now you know so he totally helped me like work through all of that and get to a place where I could function as a as a human being again and and feel good about getting out of bed and then I, another one of my horses Al came back to me he was the first horse I ever the first animal I ever did Reiki on and for him to come back to me two and a half, three years later, like that's divine <laughs> intervention. You know what I mean? And, and he, again, he is like so sensitive and so receptive in these sessions where his, like his way of tapping into the emotionality of everything and just being so present for my clients, it's, it just, it's phenomenal what they're capable of, of just naturally them being them you know, and teaching me what's possible, you know? So every day, like, just like I said, just gratitude every single day that uh, thank you for loving me and thank you for being in my life, you know? So. Gosh, how, how often do you run these um, like experiences for people and where are you located? I am just outside of Chicago, Illinois in the United States. And we usually go like, well, I do monthly retreat, group retreats, small group retreats. So I do those from like March to October ish, depending on weather. Cause you know, in March and October, it gets a little dicey because you know, that's early spring going into fall. So it gets a little rainy season, but, um, I do them every month. We do the group retreats. I do like, if you have a group and you want to do a retreat, I create, everything's custom. So I create the program for whoever you are bringing with you. So I can do those anytime. And then I do one-on-one -on -one retreats throughout the year, harder in the winter, if you're willing to, to bear the cold, so am I, <laughs> but most people want to do it, you know, in the warmer spring, summer, fall months, which I'm doing that, you know, basically again, from March to October, you know, it's, it's all customized. It's all personalized to what you're working on 
Um, so it's all inclusive. Like you just come, you show up and you be you. And I take care of you the whole day. The horses take care of you the whole day so that you just come and you receive and you, you open yourself to what's possible more than you thought, because you don't have to do anything except be you. Right. So you don't have to come and worry about, do I have to take care of anybody? Do I have to feed myself? Like I take care of all of that so that you're just there and experiencing the, the magical power that the horses have of just being innate healers. Oh, I am so going to add this to my manifestation list. <laughs> I, I know Nick and I, like Nick is just amazed by, by animals as well. We love them both as much. I would love to have you guys here anytime. Uh, and then we, when you said we can, you can customize it in my head, I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe we can put your horses on a plane and you can come here. And- <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to ask that. <laughs> it's a little cumbersome, but um, totally possible, I guess, you know, but, um, you know, Uh, horses are capable of this, right? Like I could go to Australia and find horses that can do this work, Mm. but not all horses want to do this work. I am lucky enough that horses, these horses that I met long before I knew any of this was possible for me, were already working with me then, right? They're already working on me, you know, 15 years ago before I knew this was going to happen. And so all of that, you know, that just kind of set itself up Mm. in a way that okay we're gonna leave but we're also gonna come back to you and then we're gonna help you do this work so um you know I'm just I can do it with other horses wherever I go essentially if the horses are willing Mm. and but my horses have been doing it for you know several years now so they're kind of in the groove of it and they know their job and they know whose job it is to work with who and and it's really cool the way to see them the way that they just know between the three of them, oh, it's Nikki's turn today. So we're just going to step back and she's going to step up. Even when I think it's something different, they'll show me. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not what's happening. It's my turn, you know? So it's really cool. If I just listen um, and stop trying to control it, they're like, we'll, do, we'll show you what's going on. So it's incredible. It is. Um. I would love to know, because sometimes I personally struggle with this, like on a day-to-day basis, do you communicate with your animals intentionally or do they find ways to communicate to you? I think it's more them finding ways to communicate with me. I really struggle with my own animals. Like right now I have a cat that's been missing for about a month now. And that has been just devastating to me because as an animal communicator, like I want to be able to find him, you know, I, in my head, I should be able to locate him. You know, I'm intuitive. I can do this work. I can help other people do this work, but when it comes to your own animals, it's such a huge challenge, you know? So really, um, as hard as I try, like when there's a situation of like, I don't really know what's going on here with this, you know, my dog or the chicken or whatever, I will try. And then when, when mostly it's because I don't trust the information that I'm getting, because like, I know that already, that can't possibly be the answer. So I will go to a colleague and ask them, okay, can you tap in for me? But unless it's like something dire, I let them, you know, I, I keep that line of communication open for them to, you know, tell me if there's something going on. And every once in a while, something pops in. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Thank you. You know, but a lot of people, you know, there's, there's a balance between 
Um, I don't have my psychic senses open all of the time for every animal and every human out there to be, just be, you know, tapping into me or, you know, because I don't, I personally don't need dead people knocking on my, you know, my bedroom door. And I don't need all of the animals that I'm in contact with, you know, like that. So it's, I'm pretty closed off when I'm not working, except for my own animals. In that case, I'm like full blown open all the time to all of them. And they don't like, they're not bothersome to me about it. You know, they're just like, Hey, you know, apples, carrots, or, <laughs> you know, whatever they want to poke in there for me or, or let me know like, Hey, this is going on with my leg, you know? So I do get intuitive hits like that, but unless there's something, um, I, I guess the best answer to that question is not on a daily basis. Am I, uh, intentionally tapping in unless, unless I'm feeling like, Oh, there's something that I need to check out here. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the information like is just, you know, randomly comes through and it comes through when you are just disconnected from needing to know. Yeah, I guess. Uh, last year, we fostered a rabbit who we have since kept and adopted ourselves. <laughs> but when we first um, fostered her, I put her outside with the boys because she would, I knew she would get along with the boys before I would have to bond her with the girls. Yes. And she kept escaping from her playpen. <laughs> and this was again in the middle of lockdown. And I remember saying to Nick, if she's going to keep escaping, we cannot keep her because it's, it's, it's really scary when a rabbit, you know, runs away because yeah. you know, they're so vulnerable and, you know, a, you know, the, you, your thoughts run to the negative. What if they get hit by a car and, you know, mm -hmm. and there's foxes and dogs and all the rest yeah. of it. And this rabbit, her name's Mosaic, she kept running away, kept running away. And I was like, how are you escaping your pen? And <laughs> I was trying to connect with her, but the more I tried, the less information that I received. And then it wasn't until I think I was doing the dishes where it's like she literally spoke to me and she said, I'm escaping because you also want to escape. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh. Cause at the time we were building our house. We were living with my mother-in-law and all I could, and, you know, and, you know, having all the lockdown feelings, yeah. I just, I did want to escape. Yeah. And I literally shifted my attitude and I just said, oh, I'm so grateful to have a home. I'm so grateful that there are no stresses imminent right now in our lives. And she yeah. stopped escaping. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how that works. <laughs> and I guess like you would have a lot of experience where people come to you with like behavior issues, you know, peeing on the bed, chewing, barking at the mailman, anxious behavior. And do you think your clients are blown away when they learn what can shift? I think sometimes, yeah. And then sometimes they don't believe it, right? It's like, yeah, I don't know that if I just stop doing this, that my animal is going to stop doing that, right? And then, you know, sometimes they get, you know, responses months later that, you know what, you were, you were actually right about that. <laughs> I didn't think it was actually possible, but I did all of this stuff and then she stopped doing that. Yeah, that's that's how it works. <laughs> now, if only I could like let that lesson sink in a little deeper for myself, because I think sometimes even me, I'm in denial about myself and my own animals. Like, like I, ha I keep having animals with leg issues, right? 
legs are moving forward in life, right? So no coincidence that me struggling through moving forward with, you know, my personal life, you know, after gym passing and everything, like me struggling with that, uh, multiple animals are like, Hey, <laughs> do you see what's happening? Like my, I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I broke a foot. This one broke a leg. This one, you know, got, went lame, you know? So it's like all of these signs. I'm like, that can't be it. Can't be it. <laughs> my stubbornness is like, no, but you know, once I start realizing, oh, okay. So what do I need to do to work on that? And then I start making little shifts in that. And then suddenly, you know, the leg heals up and, you know, stuff like that. And then when I start to backslide on that, though, when I find myself getting back in that place of I'm, I don't want to move forward again, somebody else without fail has a foot or a leg issue, you know? So it's constant. And unfortunately I have 11 animals. So somebody is always showing me something that's like in the forefront, there's no break. <laughs> Something that really blows me away is if when we're having like, um, you know, emotional or like energetic issues with people in our lives, you know, from a human to human, we we don't tell them, we brush it under the rug, we hold things inside of us. And then, you know, we, we put on this mask and like, hey, you know, we pretend everything's okay. But yeah. animals are just the our best teachers in literally showing us immediately when something isn't right. Yeah. And they sense it, right? They can tell. And I, I learned this most, most prominently with the horses. Like the dog, she's happy no matter what. You know what I mean? Like the cats, they're going to do their thing their, their own way. But the horses, like you cannot be incongruent with them. The second you show up pretending you're something you're not, they're going to let you know that they're going to be a, a, a reflection of that for you. And then you can't help, but you know, a 13 pound horses in front, 1300 pound horses in front of you, they're not going to let you get away with not having boundaries. You know what I mean? They're going to show you what boundaries are about. <laughs> so, you know, there's never, um, you can't hide that. Like you just, even if all you have to say to your animals is, Hey, I don't know what's going on with me right now. Or I'm scared and I'm trying not to be like, just be transparent about it is sometimes enough. Mm. Right. And then they're like, okay, so let's look at another way we could, we can come about this. Right. As long as you're acknowledging what's going on with you, that's the first step in all of it really. But there's a lot of people who don't want to even, can't even see that first step. And you know, I was talking about my, my cat being missing, you know, when I work with people who have missing animals, that's the hardest because you're in a place of, I just want my animal back, but guess what? The animals, not, the animal's not returning. If you're not working on your stuff, mm. you know, there's a reason your animal, unfortunately, and, and most of us don't want to hear this. There's a reason your animal went missing, you know, that's planned in there. So we don't always want to look at that, but if you can't acknowledge that there might possibly be something going on for you to look at, then it makes the process even harder, mm. you know? Yeah. People aren't ready. No, not no. everybody is. And that's okay. So yeah. we meet them where they're at, you know? Yeah. Okay. So if you can just acknowledge that maybe there might be something, take a look at that, right? You can't make people do their work. 
you can suggest to them, okay, this is what your animal is asking or, or telling me to share with you to look at this area. Notice what your energy is like when your husband comes home and what's going on with you. Why, why is there, why are they showing me that? Mm. And no, 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 there's nothing. It's fine. It's fine. And then <laughs> come to find out, oh yeah, there is something, you know, and, and until they're, until you're ready, you can't make anybody get to that level of their journey, mm. but our animals are never going to give up on us. They're always going to, even when they're missing, they're still behind us and they're still working with us yeah. to help us get to that next level. Mm. I'm really going to send out like good energy that your cat comes back. Thank you. It's, it's hard out here. You know, I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere and there's a lot of coyotes, you know, so it's, Unfortunately, I've had to come to terms with death as a daily part of life out here. You know, it's just every day there's a bird or, a, you know, a rabbit or, you know, mice or squirrels or whatever it is. There's always something. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just part of the cycle of life that you have to get used to out here. It doesn't mean that it makes it any easier. Actually, I feel like missing animals are worse than animals that have crossed over because you're you're in this space of not really knowing what's going on but you know I just keep connecting and I still can feel his energy so I I think he's just on a wild adventure and <laughs> I'm working on my stuff in the meantime you know to, to clear up some things for myself that I know I need to work on with that but um, thank you I appreciate that something I'd love to touch on would be how can um, I guess people understand or come to the the realization that your animals continue to work with you once they've passed. I think the hardest part is we we're so deep in our grief that we don't understand. Well, not that we don't understand. We can't see the signs or we want the signs to be in such a specific way that we don't recognize them, right? I, I want my cat to come through as I want to be able to hear the bell on her collar or whatever, right? Well, if you're so fixated on that, you're missing all the other signs that your animal's giving you that they're still there. And also it's easier in the physical to say, oh, I can see my dog is peeing in the plant. And so that means X, Y, Z. If the, the physical body isn't here for them to see the behavior or the personality, then there's nothing tangible for them to like hook onto of how that animal is working with them. So a lot of it is really trust, right? And so many of the people that come to me are working on, on trusting themselves and um, trusting other people, right? So it's no, no uh, coincidence that when your animal crosses over, one of the big things that they work with you is trust mm. and learning to trust yourself and have confidence in yourself. Trust, believe that I'm here with you mm. and I will be, you know, and, and teaching us from the other side is so much less, um, like it, it really is just about believing that it's possible. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't even fathom that it's possible you can't get to that place of, oh, I saw the sign, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really a challenge for, for a lot of people. Um, and mostly the people that come to me with animals that cross over, most of their questions are, are they okay? Do they know I love them? Did they love me? Did they have a good life? You know, they just want reassurance 
that they did a good job and that their animal is okay and that they're happy. You know, that's really all that they want to hear. Um, and that's okay. They're just, they're in, that's a perfect place to be for them. And then other people really are ready for, okay, on this journey of, okay, I know they're part of my soul family and I know they're working on stuff for, with me. And I want to know what that is because I need to understand why they crossed over when they did. And it's just helping us get to the next level of our journey. Yeah. Something that like I've learned in my experience with, with a lot of my clients would be the animals are literally holding up a mirror to your soul, not your mask, not your, the identity that you show to the world. It's what's hidden underneath. Yeah. That's so heartfelt. Yeah. You can, they're not judging us for what's going on on the outside right? Everything with them, even, even though it seems like they're just interested in the, the day-to-day 3D things, like throw the ball for me, where's my food, you know, um, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's because they're living in our humanistic world, you know, on earth here, but on a deeper level, there's no judgment from them. Mm-hmm. It's all unconditional love. They're just looking purely at who we are, on a soul level and what we're working on and wanting to help us genuinely help us with that. You know, you're never going to see an, you know, you come home and your dog's going to, you know, be grouchy at you because you were grouchy at them. You know what I mean? It's like, no, they're just, they're realizing that, you know, on a soul level, you go through stuff too. Yeah. Right. There's no judgment about that. Mm. What can I help you? How can I help you with that? Sure. Yeah. It's so profound and it's, it's so good to have this conversation with you. We could talk for hours on all these (laughs) tangent and topics that I know (laughs) it's It's just so amazing to connect with you for anyone listening, please let them know how can they get in touch with you? You can visit me at either annamarieellison.com or you can go to healedbyahorse.com. Either way, you can get me at either one of those. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. You've played such an important role in our life. Like we we come to you um, probably a couple times a year when we need answers with our bunnies and we're actually, um, it's on our list to do. We're going to connect with you, um, book in a session with our rabbit mosaic. Okay. She, uh, I'm always posting about her on my um, Instagram stories. She's so cheeky, so <laughs> she find a way to, <laughs> to get what she wants. And I just, I, I need to know what the salt, I think I know, but I need that validation, that confirmation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get it. I understand. <laughs> Anytime I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anna Marie. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a rating. That would mean the world to me. And I would love it for you to reach out and let me know what you thought of it. Bye for now.